everybody to the Red Zone Report right here on the Built in Buffalo Network. I am your host, Izzy, and I'm very happy to have whoever is here with me. Uh, it is a beautiful Memorial Day weekend down here in North Carolina where I live. Um, as you all know, I was military. I got out here. I stayed here. But love going back home. Love going to training camp. I can't wait for training camp after these OTAs and seeing what we've seen. I cannot wait to go to a training camp this year. One of my three-day weekends in August, I'll be up there. And hopefully I get to meet some of you folks. Hopefully you guys get to meet me. And hopefully we hopefully I'm able to, you know, meet your expectations. You know, it's uh it's a pretty crazy thing, you know, going up and meeting somebody and you know, you watch their show, you do this, you do that, and then you meet them and they don't meet your expectations. So, you know, it is a it's a lovely thing to be able to interact with people who consider you uh, or you consider fans, I guess, or, you know, just my community. So um, however you see yourself is how, you know, I'm going to treat you. If you see, if you're, if you're a fan, you know, I'm happy to have a fan. And if uh, it's just community, then, Hey, it is what it is. I love my community too. So let's go bills. We'll start off with that, right? That's the greeting of the day. Every time you see a guy wearing one of these right here, especially if I'm here in North Carolina, you know, in Buffalo, it's a thing, but, you know, living outside of Buffalo, every now and then you'll hear somebody go, hey, hey, go Bills. You know, you just got to reciprocate that Buffalo energy, baby. We got some uh, some usuals in the crowd already. We got Daniel Garis, uh, my man always on my shows. Go Bills. you damn right. That is the greeting of the day, is it not? Let's go Bills. You added one more word to it, Ronnie. Love you, buddy. Hope you're doing all right. Kim, my man, Izzy, happy Sunday. Thank you, sir. You too. It is a beautiful Memorial Day weekend, as I said, and I hope you're having a good one too. Uh, I know you said either your father served, so uh, God bless him and thank you for your service, uh, Mr. Boomhauer. And go Bills. See, uh, you guys get it. You guys get it. I'm glad it's not just me. And yes, sir, it is Izzy time to jump in here and really, you know. Just get into what we are seeing. Um, we've all seen some videos. There's not a lot, but we've all heard from the media that is allowed to be there, you know, at the sidelines or on the field or in whatever whatever capacity they're there, and they can't talk about certain things. And that's fine. You know, it's not always, you know, necessary for us to know every single detail. You see some of the videos. My man, Mr. Diggs, appreciate it, bro. Go Bills. But uh, it's not always necessary. To, why am I itchy now? I'm very nervous. Uh, I haven't done a show in a couple of weeks, so you know, had a uh, had family stuff going on. But uh, appreciate it, guys. Um, yeah, you know, not not having every you know detail isn't always a bad thing because that means that no one else does either. The Bills like to hold things close to the chest. Brandon Bean is a chess player, and he holds things close to the chest. Play on words, Eminem style, baby. You gotta know what it is. Um, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. I, mean, I got, I got notes, right? I got notes, so I'm really trying to, trying to focus on that too, because uh, it's important. You know, you sit there and you study. You know, you do, you do some work. You put some work in. You want to be prepared, right? So, when it comes down to the bills, all the information that we've gotten is from the, you know. Matt Perino's, you know, the Buffalo Plus guys with Dan Fates and, and those guys, you know, the, uh, was it Joe Marino and, and uh, the Herd? That's what we got, right? So all that information is, you know, it gives us fans, you know, and us not real reporters, you know, because technically I guess I'm a reporter, but not really, you know, a sanctioned with license and tags reporter. But I am a fan, and I do like to get in here and get the facts straight and go ahead and uh, guess a little bit, you know, and predict what I think is going to happen with said players. So a lot of things have happened. It's lovely, and I cannot wait to really dig in. Um, let me look at my notes again. Sorry, guys. I've got some things, um, you know, that, that matter and don't matter. But, you know, it's always fun no matter what. You know, Bills fans like to enjoy – you know, whatever it is we're doing. So there have been, you know, some new signings to this team. 
you know, we, we, we signed Roger Saffold. We brought in Daquan Jones and Tim Settle. Uh, you know, we, we drafted, you know, Kyrie Elam and freaking Cook. And we haven't heard a thing about Cook, which is crazy. We've heard some stuff about Elam already, you know, working on technique, trying to get away from the tendencies that got him through in college, but in the pros won't work. You know, there's a lot of things that go into this thing. And learning the professional craft over the skills and talents that you used in the college craft are going to be different, right? Oh, hello. First time watching live, but I've always enjoyed the show. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, Mr. Brewster. Um, but when you're in college, if you're that talented, if you're that good, if you're a first-round pick quality player, even though you're that talented, you still have things to work on, which is why you see so many first-round busts, right? Guys come in the first round, all the talent in the world, they don't want to put the work in or they don't want to, you know, learn the technique. And I got this. You know, I was great in college. I went to Bama. I did this. I did that. And they get to the pros and they fizzle out. You have to keep learning. You have to keep growing. Kyrie Elam, from what I listened to and saw, is out there working on the techniques, learning how to box out, learning how to high point, learning how to stop passes, passes excuse me, before they are caught. And putting yourself in position to either make the, the, the pick or the defense of the ball. I'm looking at the comments over here. I'm just hoping our O-line is better this season. We'll see. You know, it's always a work in progress. But with Aaron Cromer, I think it could work. So we'll see. We'll get there when we get there. You know, the O-line hasn't been good the last few years, and Josh has still found a way to deliver in, in that playoff game, you know, which we don't want to really talk about. Uh, the offense wasn't the problem. Clearly. So the old line, I think, will be better. But if it's the same, I'm really hoping the defense is better personally. I'm hoping the defense can go out there and be faster and be more equipped to stop guys like Travis Kelsey, stop guys like uh, Hill. And now he's on the Dolphins and Waddle, which I don't think is going to be that much of a problem because they're glass cannon of a QB. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, the Bills' defense, in my opinion, was more easily exposed last year. I mean, we lost to the Jags. We only scored six points in that game, and that's tough. But for the most part, throughout the whole year, we didn't lay that many eggs. We, we had a few duds here and there, but it wasn't that many. But, yeah, I agree with Mr. Diggs here saying the O-line has to be better just by default. I hope and hope is not plan. Yep. Yes, I hope it is. So, yeah, you know, the plan was to make the, make the offensive line better. What did we do last year? We brought Rick Bates in there. And all of a sudden, the O-line started playing better. We had, you know, piss-poor run blocking. What do you do? You go get one of the best run blockers in the NFL and Roger Saffold. Not that great at pass blocking. But if you stick them between Deion Dawkins and Mitch Morse, they can probably make up for it. You know, it's it's a thing. But you bring in, you know, your your, your guys in the draft class. Uh, Khalil Shakir, another one who was talked about. His, his skill going into uh, OTAs was eminent. But... He's got a lot to work on. He can't run routes like he did in college. You have to be more crisp. You have to be sharper. You have to be more intent on getting to where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. So with all that said, we have some uh, unfortunate no-shows, right? And we all know who they are, and uh, I have my notes. Woo. And the no-shows are as follows. Daquan Jones, or Daquan Jones, however you say it, uh, Daquan Jones isn't in OTAs. It is not mandatory. It's voluntary. Maybe he's got some family thing going on. I have no idea. That's none of my business, right? But he's not there. It's not a great look to me. To me, In, per, in my opinion, it's not a great look to be a new player on a team and not be there for OTAs, right? You came from another team. You don't know how we operate. You don't know how we do things. Why are you not here? Like, do you want this job or not? Like that to me, that's that. But he's also the one tech, right? So he's not going to lose his job most likely just based on this. No one's going to make the team based on this, as Sean McDermott alluded to. The next one is Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer is not in attendance, and we all know why. He's 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 got a contract dispute. He wants to make more money, and he deserves more money. Jordan Poyer should make more money, and in my opinion. I would find a way to do it. I'd find a way to pay him, give him, you know, a two-year extension, 
15 mil per year, give him some incentives for this year so that way you're not taking a big cap hit this year. Or if you have a little room, give him a little leeway now, you know, and then you can save some on the back end. But, yeah, I'd extend Jordan Poyer in a heartbeat. I'd give him a two more years and I'd extend hideout one more, you know, and push a little bit of that cap down the down the road so you can keep Poyer too. All you got to do is extend Hyde to a one more year on his deal and Poyer to two, I think, because I think Hyde's got two more years left and Poyer's got one, unless it's the other way around. Unless it's uh, Hyde's contract year and then at which point. So I'm not, I'm not sure how that's going to go. But Micah Hyde, speaking of which, is also not in OTAs. Um, and that could be for many reasons. I mean, you know, he's a veteran. He's been doing this forever. He's been in the Buffalo Bills locker room since McDermott's been here. So he's been here for five years already one year longer than Josh. Uh, you know, Micah Hyde is a tenured veteran, just like Jordan Poyer. It could be that I just don't need to be there, and that could be Poyer's excuse too, but I don't think it is. I think Poyer is, is a contract dispute. Uh, when Rachel – got some comments coming. Personally, I'm not concerned with who's not at OTAs. I, I agree with you. There's always speculation, though. And, you know, people are, people are speculating now that it's this or that. Um, but I, I personally, I don't think it's a good look for a new player to not be like Hyde and Poyer don't bother me so much, but there's speculation behind it. However, Daquan Jones does bother me because he's new to the team. Like if Tim Settle wasn't here or, you know, pick another free agent, Von Miller wasn't here. I'm like, yo, what the hell? Like, we need you. You're supposed to be here to learn our system. You know, you, you've been mostly a, a three, four guy We're we're on a four, three base. And when I say that, I know everybody's going to, you know, not everybody, but some people are going to jump on me and say we run a 4-2-5. Conceptually, it's a 4-3. You know, Taron Johnson plays the other linebacker role as a nickel, nickelback. This is how you remind me, right? But shout out to you. Uh, I think a fair pay for Poyer would be a two-year extension for 28 million and then i'd give him a nice little bonus now and then try to extend hide out to the same time so that way you have them both for you know the next three years and then you look to move on possibly and Hyde's a year younger so you could actually move hide out a little further by one year so that way you could bring in a rookie at poyer's position and then the next year you could bring in a rookie at hide's position you know, I don't know if they'd go for it. You know, I don't know if Hyde would go for it. Maybe he want to move on to at the same time as Poe. But, you know, it's what it is. You know, give him a two-year extension, $28 million, 14, uh, 14.5 a year. Or no, that's just 14. 14 a year. And, you know, he wants to retire here. He wants to be a bill for the rest of his career. And I'm not hitting on that. And he wants to get paid, too, though. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's one of the best safeties in the NFL. And he has to maximize maximize his value now. He's 31, 32. Uh, safeties last a little longer in the NFL. They go to 36, 37, sometimes 38. You know, for all the other players not called quarterback, that's actually pretty long in the tooth for, for, uh, for a safety. You know, corners, when they hit 33, 34, they'll switch over to safety and then play safety for two, three years and then retire. So it, it happens all the time where you have guys at that position lasting almost to 40. I mean, I remember Ter Terrence Newman, cornerback. He used to play for the Cowboys and the Bengals. He played till he was 40. He played corner the whole time. You know? So it, it's it's a thing. Uh, no need to paper chase, but you still got to get your paper. You still got to get it. And it's it's not just that, but it's also a respect thing. Like, if you're, if you're some guy on a team, right, and you know Jordan Poyer is an all-pro first team this past year. There's only two safeties that go all-pro. In the uh, in the whole NFL, you got one of them, and he's not top five paid. It's a problem. It shows other players like, hey, um, you can be top five in the league at what you do, and not get paid. That's a no no. That's a no no. It's a non-starter. Tre'Davious White got paid. He was a top five in his position, right? He was top five. He is, uh, or I'll say was because he was hurt this past year, so we don't know uh, going forward, but. He was the top. He was a top five corner. He was second team All Pro, I believe, or no, he was first team All Pro. Was was Stephon Gilmore, and then the next year he was second team All Pro. So he was a two time All Pro. Got his money. You got to get your money, especially safety. They're not supremely highly paid, and our safeties are very valuable here. 
They're very valuable. So having Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer under contract for the foreseeable future, you know, two, three years, very important, in my opinion, very important, because they are the backbone of your defense. Now, moving on, because Hyde could be gone, you know, to support Poe. I, I don't see it that way. I think it's just I'm a vet. I know the defense. I don't need to be there. Give uh, Hamlin and give Johnson some reps, you know, so that way if I go down or Poe goes down, we can still, you know, operate on a level. Like if, if Hyde goes down and Poe's out there with Hamlin, Hamlin knows the ropes, right? He, he will have had OTAs in training camp, you know, to get some reps. Uh, and then if, you know, Poe goes down and Jaquan Johnson's got to go in the hitter, Hyde can work with that. Thought Poe and Hyde were together the last few years. Yeah, they've been together since 2017 when McDermott got here. He When he got here, we lost Aaron Williams and we lost or we cut Corey Graham. And then the first two signings they made was Micah Hyde for a five-year, $35 million deal, I think, or something like that, or and then Poyer got a three-year, $13 million. Deal. He was supremely underpaid for what he produced. Um, you know, for what for what he's done, he's been underpaid. Can't deny that. And the weird thing is, is that Rachel Bush, um, Rachel Bush came out and she made her comments about Poyer made his money. But she also mentioned Micah, but Micah's not mentioned a thing about it. So I don't know if she's, I don't think she speaks for him. I don't think it's. I don't think for him it's the same thing. Seven one six with legends are made. Let's go, baby. I'm with you. So I don't criticize players for trying to get their worth. Hey, me either. Get your paper. Get it while you can, because sooner or later he'll be thirty four and no one's gonna pay him. He's got to get it now. It is what it is. White is much younger than Poyer. I get he is a key player, but he's thirty. He's thirty one at safety though. He's got another five six years left in him if he's you know stays healthy. Like that, safety and corner are not the same. They are not. And, and White, White got paid good. He got paid real good. So you know, if White can get his little bag for you know for six years, White's what twenty seven, twenty six. His contract goes to year thirty, his thirty one year old year or something like that. Let me let me I'll look him up. Uh, Trey White. Davis White's 27 now. He's got four more years left. That means he'll take him to 31. Like it's it's different. It's not the same position. You can't, you can't treat them the same. It's like a, it's like quarterbacks. Like you know, Aaron Rodgers is 40. He's still got 150 million dollars. Different position. Uh, what's your thoughts on AJ Panessa and maybe in a scheme with Von Miller? I think AJ Panessa. I, look, I've always been high on him and his ability. I think that his first two years have really been trying to control his body mass index, figuring out how much weight he should be carrying to where it affects his speed. Cause last year, the first couple of weeks, he looked damn good. And then all of a sudden kind of tanked, you know, I think AJ Panessa has, has potential and maybe someone like Von Miller can help set him straight. And even if they don't, you know, even, even if you can't get it right, then, you know, we drafted Russo. We have uh, Miller for a couple of years. You can always pick up another pass rusher. You know they love drafting pass rushers in the first two rounds. So I, I'm, I'm, I like I like Epinesa, and I hope he pans out. We'll say that. But if he doesn't, the cycle continues. Oh, dang. Um, but also not at OTAs, Roger Saffold. Now, he's been kind of injury-riddled, so maybe it's a body preservation thing for him. But they're not really hitting out there. They're hitting pads. You know, they're doing, you know, the regular non-contact stuff. So I don't see a reason why Roger Saffold's not there. And I would be offended by it more if Aaron Cromer was not our offensive line coach because he's been in that offensive line system before, right? So he's been with Cromer for many years before. So assuming that he knows the run scheme and, and the blocking scheme, it's not really a problem for Saffold. Right. Saffold, I think, will be fine. He know he knows the run scheme, but it'd be nice for his, you know, his co-workers to his left and right to really understand how he operates. Right. That, that part of the process of being an offensive lineman isn't just doing your job. It's your teammates to your right and left. Know if you have them. Like, you know, for Deion Dawkins or to the right, 
and for Spencer Brown, so into the left. But you know, if you're a guard, there's two guys who have to know what you're doing, how where your instincts take you. That's where it would bug me just a little bit. Other than that, I'm fine with it. It's cool. You know, you don't have to be here. If it's a if it's a body thing and you just want to make sure that you're full go for training camp, hey, I'm not mad at it. He's got more reason to me than Daquan Jones does. So that, that's where I'm at with, with Roger Saffold. Uh, Ike Bodker, he's injury recovering. You're not going to see him on the field, right? He, he, he has that Achilles. He's coming back. It, you know, it is what it is. You're very welcome. I do my best to respond to as many of you commenters as possible. You guys are very important to me. And when you guys do ask a question, I'm going to do my best to give you a response. What's good, baby? Let's go. Sorry if I was loud. Ike Botka, though, injury recovery. You know, he's probably in the building, but you're not seeing him outside. Not participating, guys. You know, we have, we have some guys who are not participating, but we know they're in the building. Like, I haven't heard anything about Ike, Ike Botka being there. He, he might be there. We have some of the best training facilities in, in the world. Why wouldn't he be there? I don't know. But I haven't heard of, about him being there, and I read online that he was not there. So that's that's different from, you know, the next group of people, which is not participating. Number one in that group is Tredavious White. Obviously, we know why. He tore his ACL. And according to Sean McDermott, he's on schedule. What that means? Uh, yeah, I don't know. We got something on my hat. I don't know. No idea. Peter, what's up? Million dollar man, let's go. Let's go. But um, yeah, uh, Trey White's not participating. We know why. We know he's in the building because Sean McDermott clearly said, first man in here, last man out. He's seeing the trainers. He's doing his stretching. He's getting his rehab on. He's doing everything he's got to do to be there week one if possible, which I doubt. But week four, week five, you know, he ends up on uh, IR and has to be down for six weeks or the pup list. I forget which one is which where you can come back faster. I don't know. But we'll see. Gabe Davis about to break out this season at, at okay, at L.A. and SoFi Stadium. I don't know if it'll be that early, but I'm down. I don't know who their other corner is, honestly. I know they got Jalen Ramsey and... And if they don't, if, if, if they cover Gabe hard and you double digs, then you have Jamison Crowder, McKenzie, you know, you have other guys that can eat. You got other guys in there who can go in there and feast on that. So uh, I would love for Gabe Davis to have his coming out party against LA. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jalen Ramsey is going is to be on Stefan Diggs. I, again, I know they have some shuffle at corner. They brought somebody back from before. I don't know who it is. I think it's Hill. Um, Oh well, I, I I like I like Davis. I'm I'm high on Davis. Uh, I'm I'm in the club of he's gonna have 800 yards or more this year. Uh, I don't know about a thousand, but 800 or more I can see. So I, I'm with I'm with the Gabe Davis fan club here. Ike Baku will be lucky if he can play at all this year. In my opinion, hope his recovery, and that might be why they signed him just to make sure that he can you know use the facilities and get back on his feet. That's Buffalo man. That's how we do things. Poor you'll get done, in my opinion. I don't see him ending his career anywhere but Buffalo. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I, and I hope that's the case. I hope that him and Bean can be reasonable. White has been there 24-7 since the rehab, right? Man's about his craft. He's about his, he's about his job. He's about his money. He's about his family. All those things coincide together, right? Bad knees mean, you know, a tough time with kids. means tough time working. means tough time making money, which means tough time with kids. It all... It all it all meshes together. So you want to take care of your family, got to make money. You want to make money, got to be able to work. You want to have, you know, fun with your family, got to be physically able. It all ties together. Average recovery time for an ACL is 10.8 months. Trey was injured on Thanksgiving. If he's back before mid-October, he will be ahead of schedule. Well, apparently he's on schedule. I don't know what that means. And I don't think you do either. None of, No one does. Sean knows what it means, but. And people in the building know, but I, I have no clue. I'm not. I'm not going to speculate. You know, for or against. I thought a lot of Bills O linemen like Brown as a rookie because he picked up the movement 
of his teammates. So, yeah, not only that, but Brown is actually a physical freak. He has a 10 RAS score as a tackle, which is the best you can get. Uh, physically speaking, he's a physical specimen who can just do anything athletically. He's he's a powerhouse. He's fast. He's physical. He is tough. You know, he had a little procedure done, and he is also on my list. He's actually next on my list of not participating. Uh, he had a procedure done. They were very unspecific about what it was. Good. No one's business but his. You know, Hippocratic Oath and all. HIPAA. Uh, my man, you know, do what you got to do. Uh, what are your thoughts on QB one, on the QB one new coach Ken Dorsey? Okay, um, I actually am going to talk about Dorsey a little bit later in the show, so your question should be answered before it's over. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on the chat. There you go, Lone. You probably are a doctor and you're just lying to me. <laughs> All right, so Spencer Brown is out of OTAs. He, I believe, he's there. He's rehabbing, but he's not doing anything. He's just He's just there. Scott Blakely with a super chat. Love your content, Izzy. Thanks, my man. Happy Memorial Day. Thank you very much. Uh, I do have some um, some friends to mourn who I lost while in service, so uh, it will be a emotional day tomorrow, to say the least. Uh, I have seven or eight guys to give praise to tomorrow, so appreciate that. And the super chat. Appreciate that. That's always welcome, but you know, just the thought. Thank you. Um, Spencer Brown, you know, recovery, procedure. Nothing to uh, nothing to see here. He should be good for the season. Should be good for training camp from what I understand. And the same thing goes for Dawson Knox. And I believe it was a hand injury for Dawson Knox. He had to have surgery on his hand after the uh, the playoffs last year. And he still balled out. I mean, he, he was playing with a broken hand and still doing what he did. Like, dude, nothing but love for that. Nothing but love for that. Service limited six years in the National Guard. Hey, man. It is what it is. You know, you served. Thank you for your service, too. God bless him. Thanks for your service. Thank you uh, for the recognition. I appreciate it. It's not necessary, but I do appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, Dawson Knox, Spencer Brown, Trey White. All guys, they're in the building. They're there rehabbing, recovering from their injuries. They'll be back this season. Uh, Trey White, probably a little later. Can I get your thought on the punt god? Uh, he's got work to do. <laughs> he's got a lot of because this team doesn't punt that much. So, and even on punting, you know, he's more of a line drive punter. He can punt at 80 yards, but it's on a rope, like if Josh threw it. I mean, he's got to be able to get that hang time. And 80 yard punts aren't really for this team, they're not gonna be that prevalent. But if he can get the holding down, you know, and I'm not talking about the uh Cody Ford type, then you know, she's fine. Uh, I do like the, the the draft of Punt God because uh, Matt Hawk was terrible. I'd rather somebody kick it low and far than shank it, you know, two out of five times. Just Especially when we don't punt that much. Like, when we punt, that means we need it. Like, we need it. So, you know, just I'm with the Punt God. And thanks to all that served. Thank you to everybody that also served besides me. I know uh, – I know Kim, Kim's uh, dad served, I believe it was. He said he was in Korea. Said, hit that like. Oh, hit that like, baby. Please hit that like. I like it when you hit that like. All right. We're going to put these uh, these notes right back where they were so I can see them. And I can also look at you guys' lovely comments. But, yeah, the three guys who were who were there not participating, there's no problems with, them, with any of them. They're all, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. Now, we have seen some videos, we have heard some stories, we have been able to appreciate and take in some of the good things that we've heard about this training camp or OTAs. I don't know why I keep calling it training camp. This OTAs, organized team activities, in, or voluntary workouts, basically. The standouts. Of course, Josh Allen. Josh Allen appears to be in midseason form already, running up the middle of the field and launching a pass off-platform to Gabe Davis for 50 yards, who beats Dane Jackson for a touchdown. Good Lord, does Josh Allen look dialed in already. It is too early to be this damn dialed in, Josh. No, it's not. It's never too early, and it's never too damn late. 
unless you're already out of the playoffs. Then, you know, sorry, Dolphins. Sucks for you. But Josh Allen is already dialed the hell in. And a lot of people were really on the, the fact that Dorsey is taking over Dable, so there's going to be some setback of some sort. It's like, I would not assume that he'd be better or worse because Dorsey's been here, right? So assuming that he's going to be better would be assuming that Dorsey's going to change everything. And then assuming he's going to be worse would be assuming that Dorsey's going to change everything. And neither one of those things is possible in my book. Like he's going to keep the same verbiage because you don't want to confuse your quarterback. You want to confuse anybody. If you can keep the same verbiage because you've been working in that system for two, three years already, and you know you already know it all, so why would you change it now? Why would you say, well, back in Carolina we did? No. You got this verbiage. Stick to it. That's probably what's going down. Honestly, bro, I don't know. <laughs> I never looked. I can Google it, though. Because this is week one of OTAs, but I don't, I don't I think I'm talking about it like it's training camp. Uh, how long are NFL OTAs? OTAs, 10 days. So there's only a week and a half. So it'll be week two of OTAs. Um, yeah, so it'll be five days and then five days probably, unless they go every day, which I doubt. They're probably going to give them their weekends. Uh, amen to that at William. Lots of or lots to be thankful for, especially those with the ultimate sacrifice. We are strong and will get stronger soon again. That's true. Um, yes. And thank you to all of my brothers in arms who gave their lives, you know, in service to this country or due to their service in country. Uh, it's not an easy thing, but when you do what I did, you appreciate, you know, some, certain things a little bit more or less. And also, some things lose some flavor along the way. Uh, luckily, the Bills and my fellow Bills community have not lost any flavor. My children have not lost any flavor to me. My, it's just a beautiful thing to be a father and a husband and a brother and one of you. It's it's really, really helps me keep going. It does. You'd be surprised at the, uh, the, the stuff that, you know, you feel after that. And, you know, it is what it is. You know, you have friends who, who, who move on. You know, they, they, they go and live somewhere else, you know, but you keep in contact with them. Like I have on my Facebook just a whole ton of my battle buddies and we, we still talk from time to time. You know, but, but some of my best friends have uh, have moved on from this life and I miss them very much. But that's a different thing. I don't want to get emotional here. Uh, I appreciate all of you guys, though. And then fans of prime time or fan of primetime games and your thoughts, because we start the season back to back. Oh, look, I love primetime games, right? Especially if it's like my weekend, because every other weekend is a three-day for me. This weekend's a four-day because Memorial Day, but every other weekend for me is a three-day weekend. And if, if it's a Monday or a Sunday night game and I'm off Monday, let's go. I'm hammering home, you know, hammering home a few drinks, watching the game, kicking my feet up, bullshitting with the wife. You know, she's over here screaming at the TV, what are you doing? I'm like, calm down, relax. It was a four-yard run. It's good. So yeah, I love I love primetime games. Said I think we're built a little better. Uh, I think we're built a little better this year for me for more twelve man. Yes, I agree. I agree. Uh, I think I believe you mean twelve personnel, right? I mean twelve personnel. So uh, one running back, two tight ends, or one tight end, two running backs. I think we're built better for both of those things. And so you have twelve personnel. He's one running back and two tight ends. Okay, I get those confused. But yeah, OJ Howard, geez Louise, are we prepared for that? I cannot wait to see some of that, some of that incorporation in there. And I'm surprised that that Dable didn't run more of that or you know didn't really want to get another tight end because he ran a lot of double tight ends in New England when he was there, you know, you know, sleeping with the enemy. Now he's here, you know, and he he really kind of abandoned double tight ends. He he used Gilliam in it a little bit, but you know. Josh comments on the off-season schedule of what he needs to work on is right on. This year, he said he needs to give his wide receivers a chance for yak. Yes. So, year one, he had to work on accuracy. He improved it just a little bit. Year two, mechanics, which then again helped his accuracy. Year f uh, That was year two to three. 
year year four last year, Josh figured out timing. Now it's about figuring out the timing to give your receivers the ability to run up the field once they have the ball in their hands. Not easy, but there hasn't been a step that he needed to take that he hasn't taken yet. Right? He, he's taken one step every year, and it has helped monumentally. So, yeah. I believe you're saying yes to what I was saying, and I looked it up. So, yes, I'm with you there. Personally, I love one o'clock, but I'm routine. I'm a routine guy. Josh seems to live, uh, love the spotlight, even though he remains high. I think you mean like his emotions are high, you know, and that that works for me. Oh, humble. You said humble. Okay. What's up, my G? Hope everything is good. Everything is all always good over here, man. Eh, not always, but usually, usually pretty damn good. And Super Bowl of bus this year? Yes, 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 yes. I know. I know. It seems unfair to say that because you know. There's, there's, you know, like five teams that are Super Bowl are bust, and you know, four of them are gonna bust. So it is what it is. I have never been this excited for the Bills that includes the four Super Bowls. Me either, and I was around for those, but I was like six, seven, eight, and nine. So yeah, I'm with you there. All right, so standouts, Josh, looking like midseason form already, slinging it, hitting receivers downfield, navigating the pocket, doing what he's got to do. And he looks sharp. He looks sharp. Next one up, Gabriel Davis looks good already. Running routes, getting past receivers, high-pointing balls, getting to where he has to get in order to be open for Josh to hit him. In stride, for Yak. I don't know if you noticed on that in a deep pass, but Josh put it right over his head, caught it. Dane Jackson had no chance, and Gabe Davis is gone. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yes, yes, yes. Last year he said he needed to see wide open guy downfield. He missed at least four wide open. Yeah, he did. He did. I'm with the 800 club. If he gets to a thousand, I'm still right. But I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not yelling a thousand just yet. I'm not yelling a thousand just yet. We'll see. I was in my mid twenties for the I was a young man. I was. I was a baby back then. I was in first grade, second grade, third grade, and fourth grade. So you think Moss making this team? Ooh, that's a tough one. It's either him or um, Johnson is gone. Probably Johnson has gone because Moss is the power back, right? If you need a hammer, you need to have a hammer, right? Johnson's no hammer. Singletary's no hammer. And definitely Cook's no hammer, right? You, If you want a hammer, you got a 230-pound back. Like Zach Moss, if you're on the one-yard line and you need somebody to destroy somebody on the way into the end zone, that's the one. That's the one. So if it's me, I keep Moss just for those situations. You know, if you know it's going to be a game where you got to run the ball and, you know, the pass defense is tight. Yeah. Um, I do like Duke Johnson better. I think he's an overall better player. But to keep this team well-rounded, Zach Moss will be the guy. You were 27 for the first Super Bowl. I was six. So you got me by a few years, man. See, any standout draft picks besides Punt God? Uh, yes, uh, Kyer Ilum and uh, Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir may really eat up into the uh, the snaps that McKenzie and Crowder get, especially if he shows out early. But I don't know. It may be next year that he really puts on. So I'm... I'm I'm hopeful, but I'm also not rushing it. We have Jamison Crowder. You brought him in for a reason. You know, you let uh, Shakir learn from him and Diggs, you know, for a whole year. And if he's a slot guy, he's a slot guy. He learns from Diggs or he learns from uh, Crowder. If he's an outside guy, he's an outside guy. He learns from Diggs. And if he's a combination of the two, he learns from both. So I like Shakir. But I think Elam's going to be standout, obviously. He's the first-round pick. Um, but also, I think that I think that Terrell Bernard will have a chance to shine in blitz packages. I think he will. He's very good at hitting his gaps. Yeah, I'm thinking that Davis in the 800. That's that's what I'm saying. I think 800, 850 would be respectable for his first year as a starter. 
he's been right around 600 last two years as a you know third option or you know because you have Diggs and then you had um Sanders and Beasley you know so those two guys kind of rotated in and out of the slot while Davis played you know some outside and some slot so whenever you know those guys would move out and he'd move in or however but Davis Davis is the toe drags and just the ball control ball skills body control ability to to run routes and make people fall on their face before they can even get close to you yeah I'm I like it and you, you might be right here too with all these mouths to feed but there's gonna be some favorites there's definitely going to be some favorites. Curious how gimmicky our offense will be this season. I think that they'll keep some of the gimmicks in the playbook, but I think that they'll be ran fewer times because I don't see us needing them as much. Like last year, we ran some gimmick plays, and they were necessary. I don't see them being as necessary going forward. So I heard OJ Howard runs slow and a bit awkward. Just what I heard. Not sure what to think on that take. I don't know. O.J. Howard's pretty quick. From what I remember uh, coming out of Bama, you know, he was actually quite quick with his 40 time. Let me see. He runs a 4.6, you know, 4.58. Not bad. Not slow. A little faster than Dawson. Maybe a little 27 at first Super Bowl. I was 28 at game time of the first Super Bowl. What? Oof. Y'all making me feel young. I feel good right now. What's going on here? Usually everybody making me feel old. Shoof. Got me by here, Mr. Diggs. All right. Let's ride. All right. So next one on the list is Greg Rousseau. Now, Greg Rousseau put on some size. He put on some weight. Put on, you know, five to ten pounds. He said seven, but it's probably closer to ten because he looks big. He looks big. And five to seven pounds at his size isn't really that big a percentage of body weight. You know, I mean, of lean muscle, it may you may notice it, but he looked he looked bigger, like he looked bigger. So yeah, he, he's put on some weight, and he is attached to Von Miller like a placostomus in a fish tank. He's just and wherever he goes, he's following. He's he is he's like a puppy following mama. That's what he is. And I think it's a good thing. You know, he's got a real mentor who is a real elite pass rusher who literally runs a camp for edge rushers. And he's got him here in OTAs. He can, he can pick his brain early. It's like preschool for edge school. Because I bet you when he has that school, uh, Russo's probably going to be there. He's probably going to be there. And, yeah, I can't, I can't wait for uh, – for to see how he can improve learning from Von Miller, you know, or excuse me, Von Biller. And then the next one's obviously Von Miller, who you know comes in. He's he's like a gymnast, from what Deion Dawkins said. Deion Dawkins said, you know, Von is um he's an animal. He bends. He's got this crazy freaking, you know, lean to him where he can get low. And then bend at the waist and get around you and make you look like a turnstile. And Russo is learning from that guy. And Russo's way bigger. Like, he's way bigger than Vaughn. So, if anything, he probably should ask Vaughn about some power technique. Because Vaughn is very powerful for his size. But Russo is... Whew. If Russo can learn, man, it's going to be good. Also, Kyrie Elam, which we already talked about a little earlier. Uh, he's he's learning the ins and outs, the boxing out, the the you know the the high pointing, getting in the receiver's face, which he already knew in college. But now he's got to learn how to really follow NFL receivers, NFL caliber guys. This is not the same. Very similar. That's why you got drafted in this game, but it's not the same. And from what I understand, he's been very attentive in camp. He's been very focused on developing those new skills that he's going to need for the pros. And we've kind of noticed that the entire time he was with the Bills since he got drafted. Even before that, you know, which we weren't aware of, you know, because we didn't see the tape of him with his notebook. I played against Bama, and this is what happened. And you know, I wrote it in my book here. And we played LSU, and I wrote it in my book here. And every time I got beat or every play we ran, 
if I messed up or if somebody messed up, I would always write something down so that way we'd have a note on the play. So, yeah. Yeah. All the NZ, yes, indeed, they do. They all need to learn from Von Miller. Von Miller is, he's just that good. He's probably a first ballot Hall of Famer. Maybe not, but he's definitely a Hall of Famer, at least. So, yeah, learning from him is going to be paramount for all these all these edge rushers. And linebackers. He's got more to teach than just edge rushers. Ed rushers. He can tell other people where they need to be. He's that experienced. He's that good. I honestly didn't think we would get Miller. Wasn't even on my radar. Yeah, everybody was thinking Chandler Jones because he's from Rochester and Endicott. So, yeah. Uh, for his sake, yes, he does. Otherwise, he will be traded for a fifth-round pick or a sixth-round pick. Um, and then maybe pan out somewhere else. I don't know. But uh, Tremaine Edmonds, he arrived kind of late to camp, didn't he? Yeah, he had a family issue, right? But he showed up, and he started doing drills that we all know he needs to do. He hit the jugs machine. He was out there catching balls, making sure that he can, you know, focus on his task because in this defense, the linebackers are really designed to be coverage guys. Yeah, they can blitz, but let's be serious here. Milano and Edmonds are designed to play the pass. They're designed to be out there disrupting tight ends and slots and running backs at the backfield. That's what their job is really supposed to be in this defense. When we had Lorenzo Alexander, we had that guy who can who can rush from the linebacker spot. We had that guy who did all that stuff. And on plays where Milano and Edmonds had to rush in, they were way more effective then. They were able to get in there and punish people. Now, now it's a bit more of a struggle. So we're going to see what happens this year um, with uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, I do like Tremaine Edmonds. As you see, I have his jersey here. And I have a signed Edmonds jersey there. So, yeah, I'm a fan, but I really think that Miller and Daquan Jones are going to have a huge effect on him, and if he can light it up, he'll be worth keeping. Question is, if we keep Edmonds, can we keep Poyer? Can't keep them all. It's tough. It's tough. Elam said exactly what you hear all Bills players say. Start, collect, good days. God bless Izzy. Thank you for your service. Thank you, sir, Mr. Diggs. I appreciate it. Hearing Tommy Doyle looking good, Bean, or excuse me, I, I was thinking Brandon Bean, but been good against that Oliver. Hey, if you can be good against that Oliver, good for you. Remember, no pads are on yet. So, said I think Tremaine will have a great year. Perhaps that's hopeful. No, it's not hopeful. Like Tremaine has high potential. He's also 23, so he's still growing into his body and his mind. Like, this is not just about football here. This is about a man becoming a man. He's still growing. You know, men, males, human beings. We can grow until we're like 25. You know, average person grows until they're 23. You know what I'm saying? So if the average man grows until he's 23, he just turned 23. You know, so he's he's a young man. And he's again, he's still growing into his body. He needs to, you know, figure that part out of him. Can I get there fast enough? He's got to understand spacing better. You know, he's got to understand his job, you know, a little quicker. But he's got all the potential in the world. You got to remember when he was drafted, he was 19, and the other player in his class that really outshined him, uh, Leonard, Leonard, uh, Darius Leonard from the Colts. He's three years older than Tremaine Edmonds. He's 26 right now. So he was 21. He came in guns blazing. Looked damn good. Still looks good. But, you know, Tremaine, he's a younger guy. He's got time. Let's see. Will we quote anybody? Uh-oh. Shawshank. Okay, I see you guys. See you in the comments talking all that. Movie movie jazz. I'm with you there. All right. So Tremaine, he's he's back. He uh, dealt with his family issue, whatever it was. Hopefully nothing serious. Um, uh, Ken Dorsey. So Ken Dorsey, he is the the last standout. We already Kalisha uh, here is on the list too, but I already mentioned him and talked about that, so we'll leave that alone. I do like him, and I, I think he he will do just fine. But 
Ken Dorsey, uh, watching Buffalo Plus and the Shout F- Football Podcast, Joe Marino, and all those other guys from all these, you know, main media sources that, you know, are professionals at this who get paid to do this. Um, apparently, the offense looks very good. Apparently, there's not that much different when it comes to the style of offense, but the play calling is something that they emphasized. Uh, Dan Fates especially emphasized Dorsey's play calling has been magnificent, you know, in, in these practices. And again, unpadded. I made the uh, the comment earlier to to our buddy Jeff Davis here, and he said, "Yeah, absolutely, no pads." And you know, this is unpadded, so that's the thing. But when you're calling plays and you're unpadded and you know you're just playing touch football basically, and the plays look good, yeah, I'm I'm in there for that. So Ken Dorsey's out there. He's calling good plays. And yeah, okay. <laughs> Everything seems to be running smooth for him. I can't read my handwriting right there. But Ken Dorsey, I believe, is gonna have an outstanding season with the Buffalo Bills this year. I think that he's gonna have a breakout season. And I really am hoping that it's Super Bowl caliber because some team might be looking at him to be their head coach in a couple of years, right? I don't think it'll be after this year because it's one year as an OC, and you want to, you know, get somebody who's got a little bit more experience than that. But we've seen faster. We like McDaniel's in Miami. You know, they they picked him up real quick once he showed it. And Dorsey's been a good head, or big coach, been a good coach for a while. You know, being a quarterbacks coach down in Carolina, then coming here to Buffalo, Josh Allen's development. Uh, Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen had to talk a lot more when uh, when he was a, a, a quarterbacks coach. Now that he's a OC, he's not going to see him as much. Now he's talking more to Joe Brady, who's a previous offensive coordinator. We've got a lot of coaches in this team that are former coordinators. Aaron Cromer, former offensive coordinator. Joe Brady, former offensive coordinator at LSU and at Carolina. And you've got uh, on the defensive side, you know, Leslie Frazier, obviously. But uh, Washington, another former coordinator. There's a lot of former coordinators on this team. So, you know, I'm here for it. You know, when you get all these good minds and you, you can – get together and mesh something and make something great. Let's have it. You know, I think that that Ken Dorsey is really going to have a nice year where he shines and like Dable, he's going to be able to pick where he goes. He's not going to he's going to be the coveted one. He's not going to be the one, "Can you please give me a job?" No, he's going to be the guy that they say, "Hey, we want to talk to you, buddy." And it's probably not going to be after this year cuz again, one year. But after this year, after he does it twice or three times, He's, you, you can bet he's going to be as good as gone. And we'll have to look at somebody else and bring him in. Let's see. Who got booted from OTAs last year? Yeah, it was Chris Brown. I see I see the comment out here. Yeah, Chris Brown, Bills reporter, one Bills Live. He actually works with the Bills. He was suspended for like nine weeks or nine days or something like that. It was nine something. He was suspended. Let's see. Bills reporter, Chris Brown. Breezy. Suspended. Radio host, team reporter Chris Brown. Violating rules. I just pulled it up, guys. Boom. Just like that. One Bills Live, suspended by the team for violating rules. How long was it suspended for, guys? Discussing the rookie wide receivers getting mixed in with starters. Ooh, Chris did a bad thing. Uh, 15-hour radio minimum. Okay, I don't see. Bills banned their own reporter for violating team policy. Let's see. 18 days. Nope, never mind. My bad. That was that's that's something else. He wasn't about it wasn't 18 days, he was suspended. All right, cool. I am a Google master, damn it. <laughs> but yeah, Chris Brown got suspended. I think it was I think it was nine nine. You know what? I don't know. I'm not gonna say nine anymore. It was probably a month. But he was suspended. Um and then the least important part of the show. 
the least important part of the show, guys. Right, because we're we are we're already at an hour in here, and this actually worked out perfect, you know, with timing wise. Because usually you want to be about an hour. I don't want to bore you for like two hours. And usually, if I'm going two hours, it's definitely not boring. There's more to talk about. Uh, we're talking about you know OTAs and then a little bit of nonsense at the end. So if you're sticking sticking around for it, cool. Let's enjoy the nonsense. New numbers, bang bang. Who doesn't like new numbers? I I don't. Because if I bought your jersey and now I got to go buy a new one because you changed your number, I'm not I'm not doing it. It's not happening, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not buying a new jersey because you decided that you want to change your number. Sorry. Luckily, I don't buy that many jerseys anyway. My wife buys me all these jerseys. I'm glad that Edmonds and White or Edmonds and White did not change their jerseys. I know Lashawn McCoy up here didn't. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for number changes if you're not a superstar. So, Taron Johnson, who is on the cusp of becoming a star, not a superstar, but you know, like a, a star Nickelback. If that exists, he's on that cusp. He's one of the top nickelbacks in the league. Did you hear how the stadium is getting paid? 500 mil came from the gambling debt. From gambling debt. Taxpayers are not paying. Hey, I'm for that. You know, if taxpayers aren't paying, even better, you know. You know, New York taxes people enough. They don't need to hike them up even more because the stadium. But still, you know. Yes, they are. <laughs> but these are just replica jerseys. These aren't these aren't uh, Chinese knockoffs. These are replicas. Uh, the McCoy one is, I believe, an authentic. And then I know the Edmonds one up here is an authentic because I got that one from Nate Geary's. Uh, he he uh, advertised on my uh, Facebook group, Bills Mafia International. And because of that, he was going to give uh, my friend Alex a jersey. But then... She lives overseas, so it would cost too much. So she said, just give it to me, and I got it. So there we go. But, yeah, so if the taxpayers aren't paying that much, because I know it's supposed to be six, $650 million from the state, right? And then it was supposed to be $200 million from the county. And then, you know, some uh, the reservation, I guess, was paying a good chunk of that. So I'm guessing that that $500 million you're talking about, is from the casinos and that is probably you know probably going to eat into that state and county money probably going to take about 100 million dollars off the county and probably take another 400 million off the state works for me as long as it gets paid for and people's taxes don't get hiked up new york state tax is already ridiculous as it is um part of why i don't live in new york state i would love to go back because i miss my family but i go back every year to see them so there's that but you never know. Izzy might be back up there living in uh, Buffalo, Rochester in the near future. Possibly. I doubt it. I got kids. They're going to college probably down here in North Carolina. So it'll probably be at least seven, eight years. But it's all good. I love my kids, and I'll do whatever it takes for my babies. Um, but, yeah, new numbers. New numbers for these players. We got Isaiah McKenzie going from 19 to 6. Now, I don't know a lot of people Isaiah McKenzie jerseys. I don't know if that's a thing, but if you bought one, you're bad. Taron Johnson, though. I've seen some 24 Johnsons out there. I've seen them. Oh, snap. Look at that. That's what it's doing. Clipboard in front of camera. Make screen red. Make screen red. Okay. Taron Johnson, number seven. Uh, I've seen some Johnson jerseys out there. Some people might be a little upset. Now I know. Don't buy a jersey unless they're a superstar already and you know they're not going to change their number because the superstars aren't really doing that. Except for Jalen Ramsey, that jerk last year, going from 20 to 5. You know there are people with the 20 Jalen Ramsey jersey who are like, bro, what are you doing? And then the last one is number 55, Jerry Hughes, I mean, uh, Boogie Basham. I guess Boogie felt like this team did not look right without a number 55 on the defensive line after the last 10 years of Jerry Hughes. So we have a 55 again. Yay. Um, question is, how much time is that Boogie Basham man going to get? He's got to compete with Von Miller, Gregory Uso, AJ Panessa, and Shaq Lawson. And again, I think that that Zoe role, I think that, that Zoe role is going to be Von Miller. I don't, I don't think that they're going to let that role stay dead any longer. You have a guy who can fill it, play defensive end, 
play linebacker, rush the passer from both spots. You know, on occasion, go drop into coverage. Von Miller's done that before. He even when I saw some of the practice footage from this these OTAs, Von Miller's hand was not in the dirt at defensive end. He does not put his hand in the dirt. That's not what he does. He still ed- edge rushes like he's in a three four, which is interesting. But I I I, don't, I doubt he's the first one to be like that. But I think you're going to see him in that Lorenzo Alexander role. Mark my words. Mark him now. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, I've been on this the whole time, right? Lorenzo Alexander has been missed. You have a guy who could come in and be that role, but better. I can barely remember the old numbers. Make my life harder. Well, I mean, I guess 6, 7, and 55 are easier to remember than 19, 24, and 96. Yeah. 96 from Boogie. So yeah. It works, you know. This was this was the statement here. I can barely remember the old numbers. Yeah. But hey, new numbers, something to be excited about? Not really, you know. Okay. Uh everything except for the weird stuff, man. Come on now. On the defensive side of the ball, I don't see Von Miller playing special teams at all. It's not his bag, but playing linebacker is, playing defensive end is, and even on occasion. On the inside. I don't see him playing on the inside much, if at all, here, though. I could definitely see him, you know, um, I definitely see Von Miller playing that Zoe linebacker, defensive end, hybrid spot that he played. Try living in Chicago. I miss Buffalo, my man. Hey, uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I, I'm at state tax for, like, the whole state of New York. Even, even in places like Buffalo, the tax there is higher than here. Like, um, like I pay $2,000 a year in my property tax for my house. It's nowhere near the ten grand plus it is in upstate New York. It's, it's, it's not close. I pay $2,200 a year. But I do miss my family, so I, you know, I'd pay a little bit extra to be around my family. So do, we, do you think Poirier will play? Yeah. Absolutely, I don't think he, I don't think that's I don't think that that's an option for the Bills or him, and he'll be playing for us or somebody else. You know, if they decide to trade him, if he if they can't figure out a contract, Pepsi go down hard. Let's go. But yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's even questionable. Scott, I lived in and around Hartford for twenty five years. I thought that was a big city until I went to Chicago to visit some. Dude, Chicago's huge. When I was in the army, I drove from Alaska to Rochester, where I'm from. And we stopped in Chicago because I had to go to the bathroom. And we went in the wrong exit and we were in the ghetto. And people were trying to sell me DVDs as I used the restroom. It was weird. It was weird. But it gave me like the perspective of like, wow, okay, I would have been through Rochester two or three times already. And I was in the middle of Chicago. So it's it's huge. Like both physically and populous wise, it's a big city, huge city. So yeah, you, you keep that. I'm not a big city boy. I like, I like Rochester. Take me to Steve T's, give me a garbage plate, you know, and go home and relax. You know, go to you know Stony Brook Park in Dansville. You know, go to Buffalo for a Bills game. You know, stop by Prohibition, get some wings. Or I haven't been to Duff's or, or any of the other big places in Buffalo yet. I want to go. So yeah. See, Texas is great except the Cowboys. They suck. Yeah, and the Texans too. They suck too. So, but the Cowboys really suck. So when I grew up in Buffalo, state sales tax was always seven percent. Seven percent? No, 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 not not sales tax. I'm talking about property tax. So property tax in Buffalo. Is eighteen point eight three dollars for every thousand dollars, right? So my house in Buffalo. Uh, Jesus, I'm gonna do some math. Now. That's gonna suck. You know, the calculator's in this new thing. It's a new computer. 
Build some nonsense now. My house. Plus. Point eight eight percent. In Buffalo would be forty. Forty two hundred a year. Maybe it's not as bad as I thought. Okay, I'm not not doing it. <laughs> not doing it. Okay. So my home is two hundred and twenty k. What I what I'm paying, and my property tax is two grand a year. So, yeah, you can see, you see, it's almost double. It's almost double uh, in, in upstate New York than where I'm at in North Carolina. So, yeah, you can, I'll, I'll, I'd eat that to go back home and be around my family once I, once my children are out of the house. And, hell, they, they probably come up there with me, my boys, at least. Probably my girls, too, but never know. But, yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to go back home. And uh, sales tax here is 7%. But, guys, we are talking about some other stuff than the bills. (laughs) We have driven this conversation elsewhere. So, guys, I want to say thank you very much. I appreciate you coming to watch today. I know it's the middle of nothing season, so we got OTAs. Next week, we got the finish of OTAs. We'll get the interviews. We'll have, even though less football going on, probably more to talk about. So, next week. Tune in. I'll be covering the the end of training camp, and maybe you know once we get some results, maybe some uh, some early predictions for the season, whether it be roster stuff like that. But I gotta get this. I gotta I gotta spice this thing up. Gotta get the show you know kicking butt. But I appreciate everybody who's on here. Thank you guys. You guys take care. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, Memorial Day, and all the rest of your time going forward. God bless you all. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Bills.